Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we are here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. Can you hear yourself okay? I can hear myself. I can hear you. Wonderful. Everything feels great. Excellent. And how are you feeling? I'm okay. I'm getting over being sick, Mm -hmm. so I feel a little tired, but I don't feel... uh, gross and germy anymore we'll so get that's to that delightful your jibber jabber we sure will but until when hey hey if people want to tweet at us to say hey feel better you can at struggle bus pod email us at struggle at gmail.com if you want to ask a question definitely put in the subject line you have a question or if you want to join our secret facebook group uh just email us again struggle at gmail.com but in the subject line put that you want to be added to the group don't put both in an email because that's uh that's too much and use the email you log into facebook with um if you have a hard time getting in and we say we confirmed and you're in and you didn't get in that's fine write back to us we will get you in facebook is a little confusing instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy uh struggle where you can become a member for as little as five dollars a month and with that you get monthly bonus episodes there's a new one up sally i was just listening to it Ooh. uh-huh you can tweet at sally t tweet at me at sbk heller but back to strugglebuspodcast.com mm-hmm. where you can join for as little as five dollars a month sally what do they get besides all of the amazing bonus monthly episodes well Catherine, yes in addition to all those bonus episodes uh you get a ticket to ride the struggle bus that is good in perpetuity it's uh, a physical object we mail to you, Ooh. and it looks like a Metro card that you use to get into a city bus or a subway, some kind of rapid transit. Yeah. Uh, and it, it says never ride alone, and there's a little space to write your name if you want to, and it's uh, the color of it is struggle bus yellow. Yes, and uh, much like the MTA, the, the card doesn't work Yeah, uh, for realsies on a transit True. system, but in your heart. It Pull works. it out of your wallet. Exactly. It yeah. works in your heart. Hey, listen. Um, opening jibber-jabber. Should we go ahead and do this? Let's jibber-jabber. All right. Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, or? I would love for you to go first. Okay. So for those of you who are new, uh, welcome and thank you. Mm-hmm. little update. Uh, last week, I spoke about my problems at my OBGYN, mm-hmm. place I'm going to a long time. There was a misunderstanding about my last uh, appointment. Long story short, I very not rightfully, did not end up without a birth control refill in time. Thank you, CityMD. And I was furious and uh, was trying to sort things out. But they called me on Thursday. And I was very busy that day. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that weird wait two hours to call back just out of spite. I'm going to wait two hours to call back because I'm busy. Mm. But I was like, I already have my pills. I'm already in a fury. I need to think about what I want to talk about. I wonder why they called. Sally, guess why they called. Uh... They, well, I know, so yeah, I don't want to do guess. It. Yeah, yeah, I, they apologized. Um, they explained to me sort of what happened. They apologized. I was very, I don't know if this is the reason they said that specific nurse, uh, it's her last week there. And I was like, I don't care how she lost her job or is leaving, but I still have some concerns about the way I was treated. They go, we're really, really, like whoever was sent to calm me down, you mm-hmm. could tell there was a meeting. Yeah. You could tell they sent like the nicest one. He was like, I totally understand. I was like, do you? <laughs> uh, we're on the phone about half an hour, very patient. But I, I have to say it really made a difference. That's cool. It's obvious. Um, they said this will never happen again. We're And I, I hope, if anything, some people learn things. The truth is I'm seeing my, my regular doctor this month. And the whole point is like in general, at the age I'm at, the tender age of 40, wonderful, I should consider not being on birth control anymore because of the risks, which was not explained to me three months That's, ago. That seems like an important thing that should have been explained yeah, to you. Think, yeah. So um, luckily I'm feeling a little bit better. It took me a week. Uh, I was a little bit late on starting the pill again. Felt very weird all week. Mm-hmm. Watched Moana, cried. Maybe I would have cried otherwise, mm-hmm. but that was very nice. And then I also saw a taping of the President Show nice. that same day, which is Anthony Adamanuic. I know I'm mispronouncing it. Plays Trump in a very not impersonation, like it's a really just um, I mean, incredible comedic as much as they can look into the soul of what is happening. And it's mm-hmm. a really smart show. John Neffel works on it. There's incredible writers, but 
listen, I don't know if it's just because we're us, but Jean Garofalo was there, but in the audience, Whoa. just as a regular person. That's cool. And I got in the front row, and she got like seated in the middle in the back, and she's oh, like, man. hey, girls, like, what is up? Um, but just, yeah, as a regular person who's just there to see a show, it Aww. was so fun. Our and old buddy Janine. I know. She's doing great. She says hi. And <laughs> um, the, the people, everyone in the cast, the crew, the stage manager, they all love their job so much. It wasn't like a regular taping of a show where they're like, sit here, we're going to do retakes. Like, they did dance breaks in the middle. <laughs> it was so fun. It was a show inside of a show. Uh, no big deal. The president danced with my boyfriend in the front row. We literally like talked to everyone in the audience. It was it was fun. so fun watching someone who has been like working his whole life and really, you know, appreciates the experience. And at the end was like, guys, I've been performing in a basement for 15 years at UCB, doing a lot of other things too, but was like, thank you so much for just, this is my first TV show. I don't know what I'm doing. And just really recognizing to the audience every week how important it is that um, it was really fun. That's cool. Yeah. Sounds like a really good experience. And I don't want to say the date yet, just in case, but we are planning a live show of the struggle bus. We are. But we'll talk about that later. I don't want people to like buy tickets or like plane tickets mm-hmm. from Australia. Which we assume you're all going to do. But, but within the next few weeks, we'll give you updates of live show. Yeah. Sally. It's, it's actually happening. It is. Which it, you, Thank you so much for helping to make that happen. No problem. We're a team. Yeah. Um, How are you feeling? Speaking of being a team, can you turn my headphones down a little yes, bit? Yes, I realize they're a little Thank too you. much. Is that better? A little more. Uh, is it's that actually better? buzzing. I don't know if that's a function of the volume, though. Can I try something here? Yeah. We're going to keep this on, just break the fourth wall a second yeah. more. Is that working? Um, oh, it's not buzzing anymore. Perfect. Thank yeah. you. Cool. Okay. Thank is you that better, that though? Magic. Yeah, that's Excellent. great. Um, Thanks, guys. So <laughs> I don't... Here's the deal. I was sick last week, and I... I, after we recorded last week, I went to work. I was feeling great. It was my first day back at work mm-hmm. in New York after like a month in L.A. Mm-hmm. And the next day I woke up and was very sick. Aww. Hit me like a ton of bricks. So I've been sick. I, I was sick all week. Um, I don't – I think today was like the first time I actually left my apartment in like a week. Oh, no. And – as you know, I don't really go on Twitter anymore because my thing of not checking it in the morning has morphed into like basically almost never checking it. So I was trying to think of what my jibber jabber was going to be. I would turn the fan on. No, the, no, no, no. I'm, I'm literally go. just sweating because I was running over here okay. and fanning myself. <laughs> but no, no, please. Keep going. It, we do get a lot of sun. That's why it gets We're, really hot. Just over keep here. going. You're okay. Good. I'm good. Um, anyway yeah so what I've discovered when you're trying to come up with jibber jabber is that if you haven't really left your house and you don't ever go on Twitter you don't really have anything to say so I don't really have anything I mean the only thing I could possibly talk about which I don't want to talk about is Game of Thrones (gasps) oh okay because I have been watching it and I'm caught up I'm in season seven now I'm not I'm not caught up but I'm like a few episodes away from being caught up and it's basically all I'm thinking about so so you are liking it. The combination of being of not leaving my house and watching Game of Thrones means that I'm just doing a lot of thinking about Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, I am. I'm liking it. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I remember it was. Uh, uh, you weren't sure at first. I was not sure. I remain conflicted about the things that I talked about earlier, which is that the gratuitous sexual violence and sexualization uh, of women is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that. Uh, I'm not perfect. I like <laughs> I like problematic television, you guys. Uh-huh. Um, those bananas are so ripe. I can smell them. Oh, it's, yeah. It's bothering no. me a little bit yeah. just to break the fourth wall of again. Of course. Um, there are some really ripe bananas over the old uh, left shoulder, they guys. Look nice. Yeah, they look ready for banana bread. Mm. Hint, hint, Andrea. <laughs> um, so anyway, the point is, I don't really have anything to jibber-jabber about, um, but I am back to not feeling... Super sick. I'm Good. back to feeling like a human being. Good. So yeah. next week, I'll probably have all kinds of exciting things to talk about. I think that'll slide slide directly into what we mm. did for self-care. Do you want to maybe talk about that since yeah. you're already on a roll with the, uh, yeah. the home talk? I'd like to keep talking about how <laughs> I've been sick and <laughs> been at home. I um, Sometimes when I'm sick, I do that thing where I like stay home from work, but, but I still work. Um, but I was feeling so bad last week that I didn't, I, well, I, I, I didn't totally not work, but I like mostly didn't work, um, on Wednesday and Thursday. I, I just felt like I, I could tell that my brain wasn't functioning well. Like, even though I was like trying to push through and get stuff done, I was like writing emails and being like, is this how I talk? I don't yeah. even know. Um, so I took a couple days off ish and that was my self care. And it was like a great decision because I think usually what I do is I kind of push through it and then I end up really just like prolonging 
how long, you know, just like being sick and I don't start to recover for like so long. So I don't know. I feel good about that. So when you relax, do you like watch a TV show or do video games or? I do. I watch like movies. I watch TV shows. Mm -hmm. Did you start watching The Nick? I read. I started, but I was so freaked out by some of the surgery scenes. Sure. And you were like, you can look away, but there were a lot of them. And I would just even knowing they were happening was like freaking me out. I understand. So um, I really wanted to watch it. I understand. Yeah. Everyone has a threshold. No, 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 for sure. Like, I really enjoy it, but I get it. For me, I was able to look away, but if yeah. you're just not going to get through it, it's it's not worth it. When but. you said that, I was like, oh, it's not going to bother me. Like, And then there was this scene where like he lifts up like the skin of someone's nose, like yeah. off their nose, and you see, and I was like, for some reason, something about that just fucking freaked me out. Yeah. And so I, try- I looked away, and then I was like, okay, that was over. But then there was like a couple other scenes and I tried looking away, but there was something about like knowing that I they know. were happening. I was like, oh. it's, it's, it's interesting. Like people have their own things. So, yeah. Yeah. So what did you do for self-care? Well, Sally, I um, I actually am joining the Neo Futurist show again next week for a full run. I'm very excited. Ooh. But I saw their show this weekend because there's some cool new people I haven't seen or who are leaving the show. And it was so good. But I was super tired Sunday because I was also still like fighting a cold, had a mm-hmm. long week. Um, very awesome, but long. But uh, my best friend from high school, another uh, really good friend of mine from high school, were having brunch. And I was like... I can do this, you know, and I I was tired, but we were all admittedly tired Mm -hmm. and it was so fun. We could not stop talking and I hadn't seen this friend in a really long time and you just forget like the people who've known you the longest part of you are like ashamed of like you saw me in high school you know and <laughs> and yet you realize they love you and it's like oh um because high school was rough for me Sally so yeah there's times where I'm like I don't want to see people who know me but yeah we also have been friends since high school and so um it was really really That's nice awesome. do yeah. they live in New York yeah yeah they lived like t- t- ridiculously close to me and that we shouldn't be doing this more often but one of them as a kid and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so it's just one of those things. But it was it was so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. I think I was avoiding it because I didn't want to talk about me at all. Mm-hmm. But we ended up just talking about anything else. And it's like, right, they're your friends. Like, That's everything's so cool. So listen, we have two letters. Mm-hmm. You are not feeling so hot. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, the first letter is pretty, pretty intense, I think, actually. I, I agree. And uh, the second one is more of a sort of total subject matter, which mm-hmm. I think is a good idea. Uh, so real quick, this person did ask, so they, they want to be called Fiona mm-hmm. from Shameless. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to read this or sure. did you? Okay. So they did ask, and also by saying other things, uh, if you answer my question on a bonus episode, but I'm not a paying supporter, how will I hear the answer? Do you give folks a head up that their question will be answered, et cetera? Just so you know, we will never do that. We are not cruel. We're not going to be like, oh, we answered it, but you have to pay for it. Like (laughs) bonus episodes, once you remember, you email us about anything you want to talk about, even like what kind of dog do you prefer, like anything at Mm -hmm. all. So it ranges from specific questions to just general topics. Mm -hmm. We would never do that. So we are answering yours, Fiona. Yeah. If you you write in with a struggle or a question or for advice, we will only read it on the regular episode. Exactly. Bonus is more loosey-goosey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So here is... Fiona, a character from Shameless. Um, I'm a 35-year-old woman from the Midwest. I left the area after graduating college 14 years ago, moved south, and eventually met my husband. He and I moved back to the Midwest three years ago after I had an intense feelings of homesickness. My husband is from the south. He absolutely hates it there, but he doesn't really have any ideas of where he would want to live. He hates the weather, hates the city, hates the people, but he has no suggestions of where else we should live. He doesn't want to return to our old stomping grounds, and he doesn't care to live close to his family. Upon moving, I immediately fell into communities through work and hobbies, while he has had trouble meeting people and hasn't made any friends. I've tried taking him places and introducing him to my friends, but he never exchanges numbers with anyone and tries to make connections on his own. He hates his job, but hasn't put in many applications elsewhere. He is lonely, but doesn't try many new things, meetups, etc., where he might meet people claiming that being over 40 and not being a huge drinker or into football limits his options in this college town. His negativity has been bumming me out and was making me anxious about whether or not he is capable of being happy anywhere at all and if our marriage would last. About a year and a half after we moved, my mother was diagnosed with leukemia. She went through 13 months of treatment, including multiple rounds of chemo and a stem cell transplant, but ultimately passed away at the end of April. 
My husband has shifted his perspective slightly, saying he understands why we have needed to be here and that he's glad I was able to spend so much time with my mom in her final years. He was extremely supportive throughout her illness, and he has been stepping it up as a partner. He knows I'm having trouble processing her death, and I'm not ready to contemplate leaving my family in the aftermath. He's very caring and has been sensitive and supportive of me, even with all my emotional turmoil. We have been together nearly 10 years, married for five, and in many ways, I feel truly blessed to be with him. I've been struggling with my depression and anxiety, have increased the frequency of visits to my therapist, I had to boost my meds, and I'm take, and trying to care for myself as much as possible. But ultimately, I'm at a crossroads. I have no idea what I want out of life. My career is going great, my job is awesome, but I don't know if it's what I want long term. My hobby, roller derby, has faded into the background as I had to take a hiatus mid-season while my mom was sick and my high anxiety often manifested as being oversensitive and angry. I made some awful social media gaffes that were 100% my fault that made me embarrassed to return to roller derby, people talk, which leaves me without much of a social network and honestly, I don't think they've missed me all that much. I've been confused for years about whether or not I want to have a baby. The current political climate makes me worry we'll blow ourselves up sooner than later. And I know this decision needs to be made soonish if it's going to happen, um, if it's going to happen. And of course, I don't know if this will be our forever home since my husband is still so miserable here. And honestly, the thought of signing up for a lifetime of Midwestern winters isn't very exciting. But what place doesn't have its faults? I know that in the aftermath of my mother's death, I'm not in a great place to be making major decisions. I've been doing my best to just make each day as enjoyable and stress-free as possible, trying to take care of myself and be good to those around me. I do my best to enjoy my time off with my husband, finding fun things to do together, and trying to encourage him to find some happiness here since I can't do it for him. But I don't feel especially driven to do much else right now, and I wonder if by not making any decisions about career slash home slash children slash family... I'm delaying finding my own true purpose. How do you hone in on what it is you truly want if it's not jumping out at you? I just feel so lost lately with little sense of who I really am and what I should be doing with myself. I'm overwhelmed with all with it all to the point of inaction, and I don't want that to turn into complacency and then boom, 10 years have gone by and I'm still in the same place mentally, emotionally, physically as I am now, feeling only somewhat content but also uncertain about whether or not this is it. Any suggestions of any kind would be appreciated. Sorry if this is longer than the usual messages. It's my first time. Thanks for reading if you made it this far. Fiona. Fiona, not too long. Just enough information. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for writing. Sally, uh, what are your thoughts? Hey, Fiona. Thanks for writing in. Um, well, I think that I think that you're asking a lot of yourself right now to try to figure out, you know, um, whether or not you should have kids, whether or not you want to stay where you are, how to deal with some things about your husband and your marriage that are bothering you, what your true purpose is. Like these are all like huge things that most people not. I Well, let me not say most people that are difficult to think about all at once, like for anyone, but I think and at any time. But also you're doing it right after losing a parent. So that is making it, I think, even probably harder to like think clearly about. I think that if I had to figure out like, do I want to have kids? Where am I going to live? What's going on with my social situation? What's going on in my marriage? Is my husband happy? If I had to think about all of that, I mean, that in and of itself, like that's a full, like your dance card is full in terms of like things that you have to figure out. Um, that metaphor didn't work, but you follow my, you, you, you catch my drift. Um, but you have to also remember that, and like, I mean, you know this, you said that you're not in a good place to make decisions, but like you're grieving, like you, you suffered a major loss. The loss of a parent is something that like, I can't even really contemplate. Um, and so I understand what you're saying about not wanting to be in the same spot in 10 years, but you know, you could take like a cool 18 months to like grieve and like let the fog lift and feel a little bit more clarity. And then that's still a long way off from that. that that's still not 10 years. I mean, you, you could take a year or two to like figure things out and then make whatever moves you need to make. And like, boom, like a year later, you're like maybe in a new place or you're starting to starting to start a family or you've decided not to start a family or you've made a new friend or whatever. Like I'm just saying that like jumping from 
I'm in this place now. Oh God, I don't want to be here in 10 years. Like that's a really huge leap to take that if you don't figure everything out right now, it's going to be like a decade before you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have other thoughts about Catherine. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, big time. I, I've never experienced this kind of loss, but I've heard that the death of a parent is one of the most traumatic experiences a person can go through. I remember working for a fantastic person and their mother died and, you know, their mother was old and they're older. And yet, you know, till this day, my mother till this day is like, I, I've never really reconciled with how traumatic that is. Um, and my grandmother died when I was 20, so like 20 years ago. So I'm not saying like, wait 20 years, but I'm saying that this is something that is rightfully very, very, very hard. And it sounds like you're doing many things to help. You know, you're going to therapy, you are on medication, you are, you're, you're getting by, which seriously is really, really good under these circumstances. I think, one, and everything Sally said about that, I mean, I can't stress this enough how traumatic you know again I don't have personal experience but from people I know it's just it's very very hard um it sounds I don't know your husband and it sounds great that he's able to step it up and all this stuff but from what I get and again I'm not positive is it possible he's depressed too is it possible he maybe would consider therapy um I don't know if even necessarily couples therapy right now I mean by the way that doesn't mean you're at the end of your ropes it just means maybe he needs to sort of have someone else to talk to. And, you know, it's, it's cool that you're introducing him to your friends and stuff. And But, you know, if he's not really going to be into it, that's okay. In fact, I kind of prefer to just have, like, my crew of friends and then our crew of friends and then my boyfriend has his crew of friends. But it sounds like that's not a big deal if he's not, you know, exchanging numbers of people he doesn't like. That's actually the right thing to do. But if there's something else going on and he's just not really feeling it, um, I think you might want to consider talking to him about going to get therapy if he can. Mm-hmm. And as far as everything about moving where you're living, listen, it's tough being home sometimes and it's tough being not home. Um, you might want to think in the next couple of years and start talking about, hey, let's let's think about moving somewhere. Maybe you should. You know, I, I love being close to my family, but there's part of me that doesn't. And when I lived in the Midwest, which I love, by the way, but I get it. The winters are kind of rough. I like winters. But, um, you know, it, there's so many different factors of all over the, the world. But luckily, we live in a very large place where there's many options. So there's that. Mm-hmm. As far as having kids, yeah, I, uh, I, I too, I'm thinking about this and feel like, but with the political climate, but I will say, um, yes, it's. You have every right to be concerned about a lot of things. Um, But my mother tells me a story when she was like a teenager at a party, hippie party, because, of course, it was the 60s or whatever. And some guy's like, well, because of global warming, we're all going to be dead in 10 years. She's like, and look at that. We're not. But I mean, and then so he was like, so I'll never have kids. But, you know, that that being said, I don't say I won't say that's a reason to have kids, but that's not not a reason to not have kids. If you want to have kids, it's it's a decision that uh, a lot of people make for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But. You have every right to be, you know, as frustrated as uh, as I am, at least, about the political climate. But think about potentially continuing to live your life and seeing what you want, not necessarily what you are you don't know in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Sally, do you want to jump in before we continue? Yeah, I was going to say, um, re- reading the part that you wrote about your husband, it sounds like you're kind of frustrated with him. Like you said, he's lonely, but he doesn't try many new things. And you said he claims that being over 40 and not a huge drinker or into football limits his options. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think like when you say someone like claims something, I think that indicates that like, not that necessarily that you don't believe them, but you feel like they're not being totally, like there's something disingenuous about what they're doing. Like, for example, that like he's, it's disingenuous of him to be like, well, I don't have any social options when actually he's not really doing that much to like find friends to connect with. Um, I would, I mean, I would talk to him about this. I would say like, you know, you said in this, in the letter to us, like his negativity has been bumming me out and it was making you anxious about whether he would be happy anywhere. Mm. That's like a big fucking deal. It is. Like, I think if my partner had a doubt that big about me, I would definitely want them to tell me because first of all, I would want the opportunity to be like, no, wait, I can be happy. Hold on. (laughs) But it would also be helpful to me. It would give me a chance to like look within and be like, shit, am I like, am I like giving off vibes of someone who like, can never be happy. Maybe I need to do something like Catherine said about my own mental health. And I just, I also just think like, 
when you're in a relationship with someone, I think that, I mean, everyone does communication differently and everyone has like different levels of like closeness and intimacy with their partner. But it's hard to, it's hard for me to imagine being in a relationship with someone and experiencing sort of that level of like negativity that feels like self-sabotage and feels like also couple sabotage and not like bring it to them. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering how much you've talked about it and like in, in a more like state of the union way, not in a like, not, not when you're trying to like figure out where to live or figure out like how we can make friends, but more in a, like you being like, I want to talk about some fears and doubts I have about your happiness. I think that's like a totally fair thing to bring up. And it's in reading your letter, there's, there's so much stuff going on. Cause you opened talking about your marriage and where you guys live. Um, and then you moved on to talking about the death of your mom and then your social situation and then like having a kid and finding your true purpose. And it sounds like you have so much on your plate. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm wondering if there's like a way for you to like spend some time clarifying like, you know, like what the priorities are in terms of like your mental health. I, I feel like, you know, that one of your priorities is like continuing to like grieve and like process the loss of your mom. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'm sort of wondering, like, I'm I'm kind of wondering if, like, after you spend some time, some more time doing that, will other things kind of, like, fall into place? Like, you might get some more clarity on some of this other stuff. But I think um, maybe you can, like, use some of your time in therapy to, like, just sort of start to figure out, like, okay, like, let's say that I get to a place where my grief is, like, feels like it's, you know... Um, I've, I've moved through some of it and I've processed some of it. What's the next thing that I want to like work Mm. on or tackle? Like I, you know, almost like breaking it up into pieces might make it like a little bit more dealable possibly. Yes, exactly. Cause long-term I can't even fathom the long-term right now either. And especially after going through such a traumatic event, I will say one other thing jumped out to me again. I don't know your husband. So this is just how you have written about them. Um, I do my best to enjoy my time off with my husband, finding fun things to do together and trying to encourage him to find some happiness. It's, it's not your job for, to encourage him to find happiness. It's your job as a, well, it's it's in my opinion it is a a good thing as a partner to recognize when your partner is not happy and to be like okay i can't if it's not me directly um what what can we do what do you need and can i help you get into say therapy or something but trying to encourage anyone to find happiness have you tried that sally Mm -mm. i have it's it doesn't work (laughs) you know it's like hey find some happiness and that person's probably like that's not gonna do it um it sounds to me again like he really stepped up and you guys are a team but it's a you know it's it's not the worst thing in the world that he's not happy either you know maybe he's going through stuff that you don't know about too yeah totally and maybe he's trying to keep it together for you because you've gone through a rough Mm -hmm. year and as a result sometimes people close off so Mm -hmm. you never know but that is a huge responsibility i would never take that on. I mean, I've, I've been through phases of my own depression with my partner and other people and being with people who've been depressed off and on, you know, it's work, but also it's not like I can't do that for you. Mm -hmm. So it's more like I'll be here for you, but the work needs to happen on a lot of different ends. Yeah, I agree. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically I think Sally also, you summed it up really well. There's a lot here and you're like the next 10 years and this and that. Is everything right? Yeah, I was oh. clearing my throat. Oh, sorry. Um, and so I think Sally's right to just compartmentalize. Like, what do you want in the next, I don't know, month? You know, and also real quick about the roller derby. Um, it sucks that you missed that sort of um, hobby. But anyone who's going to treat you like that or not at least stay in touch with you. And I don't know what you said on social media, but I can't imagine it's something so unforgivable that a few people aren't reaching out to, like, stay in touch. Mm. Uh, so try to be easy on yourself there because... You know, and maybe try to find another hobby that's similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, I mean, you could also try to like mend some fences with the roller derby people. True. I mean, it depends on, I guess, like how bad it was that what you did, but, um, or what you said. But, um, I don't know if it's something that you miss and you connected with people there, it might be worth like fighting for a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. if they don't want to write back to you, well, then, eh, now you know. Yeah. Join you know. a rival roller derby team and give them all kinds of body slams is that a new movie that we're writing Definitely. right now yeah oh absolutely. my gosh it's called give them all kinds of body slams perfect yeah Can we get jean garofalo in it and just like i mean that's wonderful yeah um excellent i just think of things i want to like have her in that i want to see her in because mm-hmm. she's perfect and wonderful okay um so this person needs a name yes um, um 
I've been watching a lot of Insecure. Yeah. But um, I know we named someone Issa once. Oh, uh, we did? We did, but Molly is also somebody I think we named someone. Uh, but Issa Ray, R-A-E. We've done R-E-Y for Star Wars. Should we do R-A-E? I, I kind of like that yeah. as a name. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts? Are you watching it? I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. It's so, so, so yeah. good. Are you up to the night last night? I- or? Oh shit! Last night there's two more left. So oh, see, man. season finale next week, which is longer. I didn't watch last night, so don't tell me. But Twitter was like, no, I, I haven't. It. I haven't watched it. I forgot that last night was Sunday. So there's two more you need to watch. Okay, so we're on the same. Yeah. Okay. We want. I want to talk to you later about it. Okay. Cool. I have some opinions and questions. Ooh. Okay. okay. All right, Ray. So you want to read this? Sure. Cool. Hi, Sally and Kate. I know you've been low on emails lately, so here's a more macro concept to talk about. About a year ago, I ended a relationship of about six years. Since then, I've struggled with and had loads of anxiety about my identity, how to be happy with myself as a single, and how to make future relationships additive to my life instead of my life. I've been seeing a therapist for close to a month, and it feels good to just talk it out with her and hear her thoughts, but I still feel a little lost. I'm wondering if either of you have dealt with this and maybe have some advice to find solace in being single after being in us for so long. Thanks, Ray. Mm, great, great topic. I don't know how old you are, but I guess it doesn't matter. It sounds to me like this is maybe one of your first serious or long-term relationships because it's something that is a is a part of what you're struggling with right now. I just know for me, my first relationship was so intense, but it was only six months long. But like, then I was like, oh, okay. But six years is a long time. So um, age doesn't necessarily matter. I, I trust that you're you're you know going through it. Uh, six years. That is a very long time to be with someone. The longest I've done it is seven, but it was like kind of off and on sometimes. It's rough. I mean, it's only been a year uh, and you've only had a month of therapy. And I I don't mean that to sound as a negative thing. It's more like this is a positive thing that you're in it and investigating yourself. But it it does take time. It's rough. I'm still thinking back about relationships. I mean, I'm, I'm... happier now and learning from things. But there's times where I go back and I'm like, oh, yeah, and about that thing, I will spend the rest of my life investigating some of my relationships um, in a good way. Mm. And some of it are going to be difficult thoughts in my head. But your mind can only process so much at once. Um, You probably can't wrap your entire mind around all of it because six years is a long time. But this is great that you're starting to. And if anything, it's great that you're kind of just taking a break for you and not jumping into something else and making a you a you. And the good news is it sounds like you have been a you for quite some time. Mm -hmm. But I mean, a year of being single and and in therapy, that's that's most more than most people, Mm -hmm. to be honest. (laughs) Sally, thoughts? Yeah, um, I definitely think that Like, even though having, you know, being single for a year maybe feels like a lot of time. I think that after a long relationship, it takes a while just to, like, process the relationship ending and, like, feel like yourself again. Like, I definitely think there's, like, a process of, like, grief or whatever after a relationship ends. And so I don't know how long that is. Like, you know, it differs for everyone. But let's say, like, you spent three, six, eight, or 12 months, like, just, like, processing the end of the relationship. You're going to only, I think, really start, like, like, enjoying or finding solace in or finding, like, all the enriching things about being single after I think a longer period of time. Um, especially I, I don't know, like, you know, people always say that like it takes you longer to get over a breakup. Um, like the longer the relationship is, the longer it takes you to go over the breakup, which, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know if the math is like linear, but I do know that like the longer that you're connected to someone and like the more intimate and like the longer you're in, you're intimately like tied to another person. I do think that like when that relationship ends, there's like a lot of stuff to like feel and a lot of stuff to like think about and go through and like disentangle. And so I think, you know, part of it is just, I think being a little bit patient and letting, no, I don't mean to accuse you of being impatient, but like, I, I mean like just sort of let it come to you, let things like bubble up, like, you know, you'll probably like have an experience where you realize, Oh my God, like if I was in my relationship, I never would have done this thing. And I think like that is a huge, that that's something to find solace in about being single, like starting to do things that like you never would have done with your partner, whether it was because like, you know, doing that kind of thing together wasn't part of your relationship or your partner would have never done that, or you wouldn't have wanted to share the experience with them or whatever. I think like that kind of thing can really be so, like almost like it's like medicinal yeah. like after you have a breakup it can make you feel so good to be like wow like I just did a really cool thing that 
I probably would never have done if I was still with this person. Yeah. Um, and I also think that like being single, I really, I mean, I, I really love being in my relationship, but before I was in the relationship I'm in now, I was really, really happy being single. Um, I was really happy spending a bunch of time by myself. I was really happy to like, um, not have like almost like an appendage. Um, that was like a part of me. Um, because I just, I felt freer. I was like, okay, now I can figure out like what I really like to do and what I really want to do. And I can like make decisions about everything, not worrying about who it's going to affect. And that, that feels really freeing, but it also gave me time to figure out what, what had been going on in my relationship that like getting out of it made me feel so liberated because like, you know, ideally it would be great to feel sort of free all the time, not just like when you get out of a relationship, because maybe that relationship is like suffocating <laughs> you. And you said like, um, you're working on making relationships additive instead of like your whole life. And I think that that's like a huge thing that you start to figure out when you're single because you start to like establish your own routines and your own patterns <laughs> and you do stuff you like and you figure out what you like about being alone and what you don't like being alone. And I think that can really inform like your future relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Catherine, no, um, it's so funny. I, um, well, first I noticed that you said that you ended it. So that's, that's huge. That's a big decision. I know a lot of people who just sort of stay in it until they fizzle out and I'm like, eh, I can't be alone. So you're already doing something really good for you. I don't know the details. I don't need to know the details. You ended a relationship of six years. That's huge. Um, and sometimes people don't want to be in relationships, and sometimes you do. Now, I remember I was really, really, really happy being single, and I met Alex, and I think I texted you when we, like, we'd spend a night together and we woke up, like, hugging or, you know, uh, what's the word, you know, uh, spooning. spooning. Spooning, there it is. And you've texted back human contact for the win. And it's true. I forgot. <laughs> and now when he like, if he goes away or I go away, even just for a week, I, I do understand that a human touch or like feeling you have a partner to come home to is a really, really nice feeling. So there's tons of great things about being single. And there's some things that you're like, ah, I just want this. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, it sounds like you're already doing the things. And, and listen, you're going to spend the rest of your life maybe dating other people, meeting new people, making new friends, learning more about yourself. You're on a really great track and just being conscious of it is great. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're and yeah, it's a it's a macro concept, so we don't have any details. But for anyone out there who's like, I don't want to fall into the trap of I want to make this person my life. I've done that, you know, mm -hmm. I and that that was it took a lot of time and recognition and me actually writing down. I, I'm, I'm a big writer, so I like to. What do I want out of a partner? Mm -hmm. I was like actually confused. I was doing this uh, online class for like, you know, self-help stuff. But my friend ran it and she's amazing and it was really incredible. But one of the things she's like, what do you want? How about you just write it down? Like imagine your life in like five years that you can write yourself. What would you want? And it was a goofy exercise. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, that's right. I still want a backyard. But it just it's a fun way of saying like if I could, knowing that it might not happen, but it helps sort of narrow down. Mm -hmm. Then you start writing. You're like, and furthermore, you know, yeah, it just really helps to think, listen, you know, you can't control that specifically. But like, you know, keep it simple. What are a couple of things you want in the next year? Yeah. Or out of a partner in the next year or something or years. I had a friend who um, wrote down like what she was looking for in a partner, like all these specific qualities. And I thought it was really interesting because I had never it made me think about like, oh, what qualities am I looking for in a partner? Because she wrote she was like, I want them to be honest. I want them to be kind. I want them to be really funny. I want them to be really interested in their own things. Like she had all these like things and she's like, I'm not going to like keep dating people who don't meet any of the criteria that I have just because like. I can date them if I want to. And yeah. I was like, my mind was like blown. Well, when I wrote my list, I wish I, st I think I do still have it somewhere. Obviously, Alex doesn't fit all of it. And he actually exceeds my, my expectations were like bare minimum. I'm like, he's got to be nice, you know. <laughs> um, but one of them was I couldn't believe it. Like, he has to find me funny. You know, I, I, I like that. I like to laugh with people, you mm -hmm. know, things like that. And it's such a goofy exercise, but I'll tell you what, when you're by yourself in your apartment like I was, it was like the best time ever. Mm -hmm. I was like, it was so much fun. Yeah. It's like writing a fictional universe, but you're the star. Totally. It doesn't mean you have to hit it, but it's interesting to especially read back even the next day or the next mm -hmm. year. It helps. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Um, and the other thing is like, if you feel like, Ray, that 
like you made this relationship your life and you missed out on some stuff like because you were busy like being in the relationship like think about what you missed out on and like what you haven't gotten to do or you know and like do that stuff like I mean I don't I I after a relationship I was in that was like really consuming I felt like I hadn't spent really good quality time with some of my friends I felt like I hadn't gone to see some of the kinds of shows I really wanted to see because I was always always going to the shows that she wanted to see oh, yeah. you know I felt like I wasn't like entering as many races as I wanted to because of like like prioritizing the relationship like it wasn't you know it wasn't like huge life-changing stuff I wasn't like I've I never saw the Grand Canyon when we were together <laughs> you know it, it wasn't like that but it was just like stuff that I had like <laughs> put on the back burner because the relationship was like more it was like my priority and I think one way to feel rad about being single is like getting back into the stuff that maybe you pushed aside to like prioritize the relationship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember I did a lot more storytelling shows yeah. and like personal shows and podcasting when I wasn't because I was like, I have no one to answer to. I don't got to explain myself to anyone. Not that anyone should ever, but that's exactly mm -hmm. the point, right? Totally. Just enjoy being with you and, you know, keep meeting people if you want to and uh, just understand that. You know, you got the whole life ahead of you. Take your time. Mm -hmm. You're doing. You're doing all the good things. Yeah, take your time. I think it. I think it takes a while to f get back to some, like baseline because it's go. It's like you go from being this like single person to being this like part of a unit, and then you're back to being a single person. It's like how do you even like do that? I think it takes some time to like figure out. So you know, but it it'll come. It'll happen. Yeah. And you know, you're in therapy, which is rad. Like you know, it sounds like you're really insightful. Like it, you're really doing the work. So it'll happen. It just takes a, a little bit of time. Wow. Okay. You just kind of blew my mind. I was in a very serious relationship, and I got out, and I realized I'd been in not a relationship at all, and then immediately in one for a very long time. And I was reminded of that uh, Radiohead song, Karma Police, where mm -hmm. for a minute there I lost myself. And I remember being 30-something and being like, "What? who am I? And mm -hmm. of course I knew who I was, but it still feels like you lose yourself, right? Yeah. Um, that's not the song of the week, though. No, I know. But I hope that helps. I, I do, too. And... Um yeah, I, I I could go on, but maybe for a for a bonus episode. Please we'll feel talk. free. We well, have no, time. I was just gonna say, like, um, that I I just th if anyone had said this to me while I was going through my breakup, I would have smacked them in the face. But <laughs> the the breakup that I went through, um, like the last relationship I had before the one I'm in, like right now, um, I was like so heartbroken. Like I got dumped. It was like it was rough. I like didn't see it coming. Like the whole circumstance, the the whole thing was like. Uh, man, it was rough. Um, but and I was heartbroken. But I have to say that like and I hate when people are like, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it's like, you know what? Shut up. Uh, but yeah. um, <laughs> but I have to say that like the the amount of, I, I think that like I did more like growing and learning and like evolving in the six months to two years after we broke up than I had like the previous like two decades put together. It was just like. Like I, I was in one of these like all consuming relationships and I was just like, how did this even happen? Like yeah. I spent a lot of time being like, how did this even happen? Like, why was I part of this couple where like my, I don't know. It was like, I was so lost in it. Like, like being part of the couple was more important than like all this other stuff about me as an individual. Mm -hmm. And after it was over, like thinking about, how that even happened like how did it even ha like I don't even want that to happen how do you get involved like how do you get so deep into something that you don't even like that much anyway the point is I did a lot of like learning and thinking and growing and was in a lot of therapy and I have to tell you like I think that one of the reasons I'm like remotely functional as a partner in a relationship is because of that breakup and like what it what it like ripped open and forced me to like deal with because I mean I don't know how long before I met you this happened no need to ask I don't want whatever but when I first met you I was like this person's got it all together <laughs> like I know and then we talked later and I was like you obviously <laughs> Ooh, like she's a mess. thought no no thought <laughs> thought about things but like you had a really great no matter what you were facing you had a really good perspective on handling it and I thought that was really yeah. interesting about you that was like a couple of years after my breakup and that was also when I was like in the middle of my like I so after this breakup I moved to New York and I really like being alone, like to the point where people get like worried about me and they're like, I haven't seen you in a while. How's it going? And I'm like having a ball just yeah. like, being by myself and like being in my own head. So I feel like 
I was in a really, really good space with being single. Like when we met, I was just like, I don't need anyone. Um, and, and part of getting to that point was like processing the breakup and being like, this was actually like totally for the best. So anyway, I don't know. I know that not every breakup is like a silver lining, like breakups also just sometimes like completely fucking suck and you have to just like get over them. Um, but I don't know that, that was like, that's my like inspirational message about breakups. Well, the church bells mean it's time to, (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, it's about to do five in a row, right? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's those there's, damn church bells wake me up sometimes. Do they really? Occasionally, there's by my house too. Actually, yeah. there's a there's a church that I think Al Capone was was baptized in. Oh Whoa. yeah, it's that kind of place. But hey, that okay. was a great topic. We could probably spend another three hours on that. But also, if you're not in the Facebook group, this is a great topic mm-hmm. to bring up and hear other people's stories. Totally, because I like hearing. Not that they're all strangers. People have actually met in the group, but mm-hmm. there's something about the anonymity of it's a secret group. So can I just ask this question to the universe? And a couple of people have really cool things to say. Mm-hmm. Of, oh, me too. Actually, a letter we read, I think last week or the week before, a lot of people wrote in and they were like, if you're in this group, I, I too have mm-hmm. had a similar experience. So, you totally. know, it's something that, to think about. Yeah. Bring it, it up there too. It's a good place to like workshop ideas and ask for advice and stuff. Yeah. Or not feel alone. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Cool. Hey, I have the song of the week. Uh, yeah, you do you do. want to lead us out or should I? Uh... I will stumble through this outro. You seem like you're doing a lot better. Okay. Real quick, is that a new haircut? Yeah. You look fantastic. Thank I've you. been meaning to say it the entire time, but I, I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah. I feel good about it. I, uh, it's rad. I went to Badlands on Fifth Avenue in Park Slope. It's the best place ever. I should go. Uh, it's awesome. And uh, she fixed me up. And I never really know what she's going to do. She kind of makes decisions. And I feel good about it. It looks so good. Thank you. It looks so good. Yes. Yeah. There's something about the part amazing. thing. That's yeah. Like, the parts. Ugh. It's just going to grow in in like a week. But I'm, I'm pretty psyched about it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Okay. First of all. <laughs> you should follow us at struggle bus pod on twitter mm. use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy please write to us at strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com and put in the subject uh that you have a question you want us to answer that you need advice by the way if it's time sensitive Ooh. um and by time sensitive i mean within the next like four to six weeks i would note that in the subject line because um I sometimes get to emails like they're af- like way after the like event or thing in question and then I feel terrible. So um, let us know if it's time sensitive. And furthermore, you can follow us on Instagram at the struggle bus pod. Follow Catherine at SPK Heller. Follow me at Sally T. Become a member if you want to. Uh, we'd love it if you did. But no hard feelings if you don't. Yeah, bonus member, strugglebosspodcast.com for $5 a month, as opposed to Facebook group member. Right. And Difference. to join the Facebook group, you can just email us at strugglebosspodcast at gmail.com. Put in the subject line that you want to join the Facebook group, and Catherine will make that happen. And if for some reason it doesn't work, she will try again until she succeeds. There are some workarounds. Don't feel bad. Yeah, there's some amazing new members who have incredible photos of certain animals. Ooh. Mm. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Um, what was the thing I sent you today? The pie chart? I wanted oh to God, refer to that super quick. It was amazing. But also the... Oh, you sent me the ducks. But you... No, the kittens. I mean, the kittens. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you sent me the um the cat the cat tapping the other cat in the that head. Was, I did that for like two hours to my boyfriend's face yesterday. That like made my entire day. Should we just describe what happened real quick? Yeah. Okay, so there's a video. I yeah. guess we'll post it on the website. We should post it, yeah. Um, and it's it's one of those things on Twitter where they were like, oh, big violence. You know, these cats are so violent. And it's a kitten and its tackles are up like its fur is raised. Yeah. And another cat slowly taking out its its, its uh, arm, you know, and it's about to like maybe swat it. And then it just goes, boop. Yeah. Oh. And it's like this prolonged thing where you think that the big cat is going to like launch it all out like offensive on the tiny kitten. And Ugh. then it just like boops it on the top of the head. Yeah. I have to tell you, it's rare that I endorse describing a video like <sighs> because it doesn't lend itself to like an audio description, but it's very worth it. But you did also send me on the way here a uh, video of a I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I guess I'll give it away. A kitten swimming. Swimming in like open water to a boat and getting rescued. Amazing. And also, I sent you this. It's a, it's a pie chart. It's in blue and yellow, mostly blue. Mm-hmm. And the question is, should you leave your house tonight? And it's like, I'd say like 80, 90% blue, no. And then yellow, it says no, but in yellow. <laughs> Which I could not have related more to. I frankly. had to stop what I was doing. Okay, so listen, song of the week. Yes, <clears throat> I'm so excited. I've been thinking about this. We've done this artist before, mm-hmm. but in a different song, I looked it up. Um, but Sally, there's times where I, 
I'm lying in my bed. Mm-hmm. I hear the clock tick. Mm-hmm. I don't have an iPhone. I don't hear clocks anymore. <laughs> and I think of you. I am caught up in circles of confusion. <laughs> That's nothing new. Flashback. All right. It's time after time. We all know this. We all so love good. it. It's a beautiful song. And I love it. And I love Cindy Lauper. I'm sort of on a Cindy Lauper kick lately. Oh, I love it. Right? Yeah, she's great. She's <sighs> so underrated. I mean, I know she's right? like super famous and everything, but I do feel like she's underrated. Didn't she write Kinky Boots? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think she... I mm, believe that. She Well, anyway, she's like huge and always just rocking it and a big with like, you know, women's move uh, or like pro-choice stuff mm-hmm. and uh, reproductive rights, I should say, actually, more or less. But um, yeah, she's she's just rad. She's the best. Yeah. Did she... um, Who, who like... The look she had in the early 80s, who had it first, her or Madonna? Oh, oh, oh. It was different. It was different. I think her, I think Madonna did the more religious stuff, like more darker Cyndi Lauper, but with like some crosses. But it's like... You're thinking of the hands and the... She's more like Beverly Johnson kind of. Not Beverly Johnson, uh, Betsy Johnson, sorry. She's more of a Betsy Johnson look with more colors. And I think Madonna was more like drab colors. But she had like, wait, I'm trying to find when, what era was it when she was like kind of punk? Oh, mostly. It was like that Madonna. Oh, yeah. And then that Cyndi Lauper. They're just so, they both had that like punk rock There was a crossover. And I just feel like Cyndi Lauper had it first. I feel, I feel the same. I feel the same. Is that right? You know, it's up for debate, isn't it? If if only we can Google this. If only we can. You already have it There's only some way to, no, I have to look, I have to see like, you know. Cross reference. Like when, when their first singles were and everything. What are the dates on both those photos though? That I you just showed me. I don't know. I'll vamp. Um, well, no. The, okay, yeah. So, yeah, vamp for a second. Okay, so I'm just curious because I'm going to put my money on Cindy Lauper. I don't think that Madonna stole anyone's look because I, too, was obsessed with that kind of look at the time. Like, think about Jesse from yeah, Saved by the Bell. Like, there's a lot of characters on TV shows. Punky Brewster did it first, maybe. Like, there's that kind of, I don't want to say tomboy, but like, I can look like a girl, but also wear a dress, but be tough, which I don't fully endorse but I definitely wore the one long earring with the feather and the half um, gloves that were made of mesh. That's amazing. You had mesh gloves? Oh, yeah, I did, because my half-sister knew, like, all these rock stars, and she got us, like, actual real. Okay, it was the lucky star era. That's what I was going to say. Okay, so actually... With Madonna. Madonna's first single was 1982, and Cyndi Lauper's was 1983. I feel Punky Brewster did it first. Probably yeah. punky. Let's always just say okay, that. Okay, well, I'm She's glad so, that we uh, solved that. I'm glad we solved that. Guys, Any, you know, if you if you have any thoughts about it, we're, we're open to it. At yeah. the same time, just because they were similar clothing does not mean that they were, like, the first and only ones. Right, like, no, The punk of movement had been around forever, so they kind of just commercialized it. True. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It was Let- Jan Brady, let's be honest. It was Jan <laughs> Brady. <laughs> um, well, anyway, I'm really excited about this song. Well, we're going to play a little bit of it for you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. Bye.